Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right, welcome to Talking Like Normal People, the show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, probably some other things too with people who love it. I'm your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. The future is off once again this episode because I'm on location recording this from Dallas. Uh, real quick, I want to thank all of our listeners and subs- subscribers. Please help us out by rating, reviewing, subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're just going to jump right to it today. Uh, I have a special guest this week. Uh, he is one. Uh, he's someone that I've known since the beginning of his career. From an early age, I was able to see this young man hone in on his skills through a rigorous training period in the southeastern market. His talent is undeniable, and his good looks ain't too shabby either. With 98 episodes of the hit Disney XD series Lab Rats under his belt and the starring role in the upcoming feature film Cruise, this is one actor on a fast rise to stardom. Please welcome the amazing Spencer Boltman. Oh, my gosh. Thank ah. you very much. How about that? I wrote that. That was very nice. <laughs> that was very nice. Spencer, what's up, dude? How you doing, man? Good. I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's been a while. Yeah. Man. So, um... You know, we do. I do this podcast, and usually the first question is just start from the beginning. Who are you? Where are you from? How did it all happen? You can go as far back as you want. Tell oh me gosh. as much as you want to tell, and we'll take it from there and see where this thing goes. It's hard to beat the intro. I appreciate that. It was very sweet. <laughs> um, I My name is Spencer Boldman, obviously. Yes. Um, I was born and raised in um, Dallas, Texas. I grew up uh, in a town just northeast of Dallas, actually, called Plano. Uh, went to school there. I slept there last night. Did you really? I slept in Plano last Plano's night. Plano's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It's getting cool. I mean, you know, there's places to go and restaurants yeah, to eat at. Things like to do, any other town. For sure. But it's so, y'all have so much road space here. It's insane. Yeah. It's yeah, insane. Texas is known for its vast space. Yeah. The parking lots, the roads, all that. So it's pretty crazy. But Plano, yeah, there's a ton of. Our high school. Uh, forget how many specifically were in. I went to Plano East Senior High. All right. Shout out to Plano shout East. Shout out to Pesh. Pesh? Um, is that the nickname? Yeah. Because there's right. three. There's Senior East and West. Oh, Plano right East, on. Plano Senior West. Um, and I forget how many people were in. I, I think it was something like 1,500 in my graduating class Damn, or something like that's that. That's big. Yeah. There were like 150 in my graduating class. That's in high actually, school. there was like 15 in my mom's class. She grew up in a wow. while. Yeah. That's Actually, a big school. That, but. How do you, like, when you're in a high school that size, how do you set yourself, like, how do you set yourself apart or, like, get, you know, like, get, how do you get involved with so many people? Like, yeah. The- you just, I mean, unfortunately, this was kind of, like, right before Instagram and Twitter and all that, Snapchat and stuff. It was, like, MySpace era, AIM era. So you're aging yourself. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, the social media stuff's blown up like a ton oh, of it's crazy years. but yeah it was before that which is crazy to think about but um we just like stuck with our group like we had a little you know you just have like your cliques of friends and then when you graduate you just are seeing people that you've never met before sure it's a strange thing but it was like a college campus going back to like the space that you were talking about it's like the 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 campus when you drive by it you, people think it's like a small community college but it's actually a high school I bet that that large high school sets you up for living in a place like Los Angeles where you kind of get like set in your little 
your little area of town and you know you can get stuck in that one little group or neighborhood yeah and you know venture out and and see some surprises along the way yeah it's funny that you say that i like when i first went to la so i i did um i did theater and stuff in school um i i was never i always saw theater as like a really good way to kind of segue into film and television acting i wasn't um someone who dreamed of being like on Broadway or doing plays, yeah. Um, but the th- the training that's involved, especially from an acting standpoint with theater, um, I always have found that theater trained actors are much more. Um, uh, I don't want to say like they're they're like just more focused. It seems like okay um, from my perspective, or they're like they put a lot of value on doing the work the training that's all like very important especially like you get British actors that come from these like crazy theater schools in England or something like that it's always like their craft and their honing in and all that so I was attracted to that part of the theater acting but I always liked film much more so I did I did theater there at Pesh and then I started doing film and television what was your first play at Pesh do you remember oh well my first play was A Midsummer Night's Dream that was actually at Murphy that's awesome who'd you I've done a Midsummer Night's Dream twice when I was an actor who'd you play I played Demetrius I played Demetrius did you really yeah the first time and I played Puck uh, professionally in Summerstock that's hysterical I wanted I think it was Puck I actually wanted to play oh it's so fun or the king or something like that and then the the, uh, my theater teacher cast me as you're a perfect Demetrius come on like a young lover no it was bad when I did that that was like I think I was like 13. Oh my gosh. It, and I was not, I was like chubby and how was, awkward. But how was it as a 13 year old, like dealing with the language, you know? I was like so down to do it. Like I said, like, you know, it, the theater training, like if you have a really good theater teacher, which I did, that, that type of training really rubs off on you. Um, so I was just down to, I was just ex- excited to do it because I, I was m- a little more shy when I was younger. So I didn't. Do you remember the, the theater teacher's name? Yeah, it was Miss Fenton. Miss Fenton? Yeah. She's still around? You ever. She was, I think, up until. I actually don't know what she's doing right now. Yeah. It's been a long did time. Did she kind of draw you in? Totally drew me in. Drew yeah. you into it yeah. and inspired you to to yeah. audition or. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I. Uh, I had never, I, I was playing a lot of sports at the time and in the middle school that I was going to, I think they do this basically across the board, they rotate you. So you have to like try theater, you have to try choir, you have to try band, Sweet. you have to try all like the fine art That's great. type of thing, which is good because someone like me at that age naturally probably wouldn't have gravitated towards doing either speech and theater or any type of play. But I have always credited my Miss Hole, Miss Fenton, and Miss Morrow uh, as being like the three women that really got me, kind of like broke the ice for me. I always was really interested in film and acting, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I think like most people, a lot of people don't know how to like break into the business. Right. It's like a small, you know, town kid yeah. from Plano. You know how do you how do you do that? And that's it was like such a good launching pad for me. Um, and laid a really good foundation of training and all of that. But they were like the most supportive, amazing women that were like you, I guess, saw something in me that they were like, you should do it. Or they were just desperate for dudes to like 
being the place. Because it was all girls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that is like thing. Made me, Even made in me casting good. today, you know, it's like we always have so many more female options. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, there's so so many fewer roles for females. Yeah. Um, but I think that's changing, too. Oh, I hope it is. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, I think, always is a little more difficult for for women yeah. of any age to kind of get into it guys it's like they're especially when you're younger it's like they're desperate yeah. for you know yeah. people to do it but i hope they saw something in in me too i, I would like to think that they did well, um, well there must have been something because you you even if you weren't great in the play you obviously were bit <laughs> by the bug and continued on yeah, no, they, once they locked me down, I like the sports like went to the wayside and I just started doing, I just started doing the shows and stuff. But then I did, uh, it was back to the, the, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. The language thing was really fun. Um, anytime you're doing Shakespeare, it's like, it's a really cool thing. And then it just kind of spun off from that. And yeah. I, uh, maybe the better I got, the more I was like, oh, maybe I should, you know, try doing this in the film realm. And then that just kind of, panned yeah. out if you, years would you want to like maybe in the future would you want to do a Shakespeare like a film and if, if so like what which one would you want to do do you have yeah I mean he's like his storytelling's you know king I it's funny when I look at stuff that I really want to try to do in the future I never base it more off of like the type of project I want to do versus like the people that are involved with it that I'd want to work with mm-hmm. that's like from my perspective what in my experience, especially the last few years, like navigating the business, I, I'm, I, it is so much more important to me to work with people that are more invested in the project and the director that you're working with and the writer, yeah. unless it's the same person or cool. the producers around it. Because I've seen how even if the script is fantastic, if you have something like a Shakespeare role, say it is Midsummer Night's Dream, which... I'm sure they made into a movie, but I haven't. I think there's probably a movie out there. Yeah, it's like the interpretation of it can get totally ruined if the right people aren't involved. Sure. Um, the experience can be ruined if the right people aren't involved. So I, I obviously would love to do. I I would be open to doing any type of thing that he's done. Um, maybe not Romeo and Juliet, just because I feel like they've it's tried been to do that. Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, the Baz Luhrmann one was yeah. like funky and, and cool, and I think you know, there was maybe a new version. There out. was. Yeah. There was with Haley Steinfeld. Oh, she, there you go. Yeah, she. That was a few years ago. But uh, so I would do anything other than other than other than that one. <laughs> it's, already, go it's already been done yeah. for hundreds of years. Well, I think Romeo too would be like a. It'd just be too predictable. Or yeah, you know, I I don't. I would rather do something a little more edgier, Heavy, he- yeah, heavier than this, cool. the star-crossed lover flying across the room. You should play Hamlet one day. Yeah, there something like that would be cool. Yeah. What did um, was it Tom Hardy or who just or Michael Fassbender? I think someone just did. Oh, I can't remember. I can't. Someone did a Shakespeare. I don't think it was Hamlet. It was something. Maybe it was. We have I'll no. Look it up we have no computer here to Google. Sorry, yeah. audience. No, I'll let you. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> All right. So you you do uh, you do this theater when you're 13, and then this gets the ball rolling for you. So um, how do you transition to getting involved in film and television? What what was that? So I had a like? I had a friend that um, was was doing. Uh, TV and film acting classes and he was like you should you know I, I was always interested and he was like oh you should you should come and so I started taking acting classes 
um, I think when I was about 15. And for that entire year, I, I was I was working at this place, kind of learning how to act for uh, on camera stuff. Um, and I through that met my manager Antonia Donardo um, through a woman that was at this other acting uh, studio. She was like, "Oh, I, I know this woman. She's fantastic. You should meet her." Um, Antonia was just doing uh, coaching at that time. Um, and so I was introduced through her and then since then that was like when everything kind of took off. And you were 15 then? 16? I just turned 16 when I met her, uh, just strictly as a coach. And then she was doing, um, actually she was, I think doing a workshop, but I don't think you were my first, you were one of my first I, workshops. I remember I meeting you. Um, I think, I don't, I'm not sure if you attended the workshop or if you were the reader at the workshop, the first the one reader. I did. No, I attended. I attended. You attended. Yeah, I and I think attended. I think Antonia and I. I think well, obviously she knew uh, that you were special, and I think she kept like, you know, nudging me. You know, be like, pick him <laughs> look up. at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> look at this guy. He's gonna be a star one day. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. That was the first. Uh, really, I want to say one of the first times I ever did a, like a casting workshop. Mm. Um, I don't really remember how it came to be. Maybe Antonia called me and said, hey, want to come to Dallas and uh, do, you know, a couple of workshops over a weekend? And I was like, sure. I was living in Shreveport at the time, which was pretty close to Dallas. And I just remember coming and just being blown away by you know, all of the young talent. Uh, that's the that's the thing about Dallas. Yeah. And I like for the longest time I thought it was like my secret as yeah. a as a casting yeah. director. Like I know I just wanted to keep everyone for myself. Like, yeah. no, you you don't even know. Yeah. I, I know all these yeah. amazing young actors yeah. that are like really, you know, doing it and they they are confident and they know what they're doing. They have like real chops. Oh, that's really um, nice. So I mean, just coming to that that first uh, workshop was really beneficial for me. Yeah. Because I you know a I met so many new people um, outside of like Shreveport, so small, and uh, there is a talent base there, but you know it's very small. And we definitely needed to utilize talent from the region casting there and having you know knowing all you guys and getting familiar with you was just amazing it's it's hard to get familiar with everybody that's amazing um and when we have those workshop settings it's just like a bonus you know because it's a lot in one weekend yeah and and i particularly am someone who likes those because i i definitely remember talent from those sure and i usually tape them so i can have a reference to go back to and like you know like i i, I know that even if i don't yeah. remember your name yeah i'll go back and look for you because i'll remember your face it's like ah yes yeah. that was that was a great scene of and course. it would be great for this other role that i happen to be casting you know a year later or whatever that, that's what i so loved so much about the people that she brought in she brought in my agent in la uh, reagan wallace from coast to coast and that was the first one i think i did and then you were the second and i met that was like super i was super fresh um and everyone that she's brought in has been so beneficial from a learning perspective Sweet. yours was like 
absolutely awesome just to get that perspective from um, a casting director and, you know, see like what, because there's so much that goes into to casting a project and getting the right role and, and getting the right actor for the role. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. They just think, oh, if I do a good job or, oh, if I stand out. And sometimes that's not enough. And you kind of mm-hmm. deciphering that this business is like a puzzle. Right. And so doing those workshops with you were like so beneficial for me, um, especially as I was going back and forth to L.A. And even when I was working, because... I feel like once you have a better understanding of how something is made to be up until the point of when you actually start filming it, it it helps you uh, just navigate the business in a, in a way that's a little more aware versus being like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how that stuff works. Like when we would cast people on the Disney show Lab Rats, I had such a like soft spot for all of like the guest stars that we had yeah. and like, the process of the casting that they went through. Well, you live that life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still live that life. Yeah. I think actors, you never... You, you, it's you, so weird because they show up to set and you've been there for a year yeah. and these guys are there for one day in the middle of all of it. Yeah. And they know the, no one. No, it's the weirdest feeling and... and that you know hopefully you as a guest star when you're going into a situation like that you're going in to it with a cast that's like really cool and like and can be like hey and make you feel comfortable and invite sure. you in and all that because that's important but um it, it's the, the everything in this business is so almost like like just uncomfortable <laughs> and part of an actor's job is to make uncomfortable situations be like really comfortable and natural and scenes that's our job and you know so on and so forth and it was funny even up until uh cruise when they were casting that i was in new york and they had the billy hopkins who was casting that out in new york they were having sessions and i went from you know auditioning for something probably you know two days before to going into the room i'd obviously already booked the movie and i was reading with guys that were were playing my friend and I had never been in that situation before where you're sitting there doing what you guys do where you're sitting there and the guys so you're come testing in. actors yeah but I was sitting on the side of like you guys not on the side of right you the guys cast. coming yeah and so it, it was obviously great feeling but <laughs> it's also I'm you know I've you know a heart so I was like looking at these dudes and I was like I've been there, you know, yeah. you're like rooting for the, yeah, rooting for them because you know how uncomfortable well, that whole thing is. It's let's like talk terrible. about the early days. I mean, you, you, with a lot of your friends from Dallas that were part of or are part of the classes and whatnot, um, made that big hustle of like driving to Shreveport. If anybody yeah. doesn't know, like the Dallas to Shreveport Drive. is a good three hour each way, driving to New Orleans, paying for yeah. plane tickets to go to callbacks yeah, in insane. like Atlanta or whatever. Yeah. Like, so what, what's what's life like in those days, or was it like, and and versus now? I mean, like how how's your experience going now versus like that hustle? I mean, I'm sure there's still a hustle to it. Um, I'm sure there's auditioning that has to yeah. happen here and there. But I mean, you used to come out for. Oh yeah, lots of stuff. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, and it's 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 you know Shreveport, that whole region. It's it's so busy. There's so much going on, and it's such a great not opportunity. anymore. 
Well, <laughs> back then. Back then it was. <laughs> it um, was. It there's really still was. like more going on there than, you know, Idaho. I mean, there's you like guys. Not, even you, in Dallas, there's more. You guys, it, it was good timing uh, in a sense because you guys came along at a time when Shreveport, we were doing like, you know, 16 yeah, to 20 lots. movies a year. Yeah. Um, just, they were just cranking yeah. them out. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot of work for local actors that are available. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's crazy. And, and of course, you know, there are a lot of opportunities for you guys. But what, what did you find that was n- maybe not happening in the regional market that you could achieve in, in a bigger market? Because, I mean, let's face it, you, you're really good looking, very talented, and you have a quality that a lot of actors don't have. I mean, you have a star quality, an X factor. Some people are great actors, but they don't have, you know, the complete package. Yeah. You know, so do you find that it might have been harder for you, like being a, a quote unquote local actor, um, just because a lot of the roles that you would play might not be coming from the local market? Yeah, 100%. And that's very nice. But it, it's like, it's like the golden handcuff thing it's like an amazing problem to have because you know with life and whatever but a hundred percent I mean when I started working it was always out of LA I I worked a little bit out out of the regional stuff but I was always which is a good and a bad thing from my perspective because the roles that I've always been attracted to are kind of opposite what like someone would probably typecast me as or okay. the deeper, more layered roles are not like the good looking jock. Yeah, I mean you have – you I've seen it. You have chops. You oh, have acting you. chops. You know, um, It's not just looks. So how – I mean – how do you break that mold if you know how are you going to break I'm that I'm still mold? trying to yeah, yeah it's it's it, you know i like i said i i started working out of la i did 21 jump street which was out of new orleans, new orleans which was an insanely awesome experience but that was a, a a regional thing what i found is most of the time the parts that i'm really right for what i get the most interest out of aren't something that is in um, more of like the supporting part of the cast. Um, and so it's a good thing and a bad thing because if I've actually been able to get it, it's like the big role. It's the it's the, the, the lead. lead role, the yeah. series regular, the whatever. But the roles that I always either I'm a little more attracted to or are the ones that are probably more of a stretch appearance-wise, those are the roles that, you know, are maybe – it, maybe it isn't the, the main guy. Um, and so being in Dallas specifically, this also too, like taping was like becoming really popular. And um, it is very popular. It's even more popular yeah, it's now. insane. Um, so I would go on tape from Dallas and then I would fly to L.A. Um, and then when I was in L.A., I would tape for something in New Orleans. I, I taped for Jump Street in New Orleans and I booked it off of the tape that I made from LA as I was like going through the whole yeah. Disney process. Cause I did three pilots with them um, before I actually did lab rats. So I had been working with Disney channel since I was 16, I was under contract with them. So I couldn't do a lot of stuff because they're very, uh, they hold you tightly. Once they have you under a contract, they don't want you doing anything. What is, what is that approval like to be able to do something else? Like when you're under contract, like it's that? scary because when you're working as an actor, you want to keep working. It's always about like the next job. And so finding something 
where someone actually wants to work with you again, you're like, hallelujah. But then you have to go through this approval process that a lot of people don't want to do. I mean, why would a, you know, Jump Street's a perfect example. When I auditioned for that, it was out of LA. It was for like a Zac Efron type. It was a very small part of the movie, but it it was funny because it kind of fit what I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. It's opposite more of my personality, but I was doing the Disney thing. I was you know, you're like a theater from, kid, and yeah, a, basically, yeah. yeah. In, in the show, in the movie, I am, and so it was funny. So it was kind of like a play on the stigma of what I was actually going through with the old Disney That's process awesome. then. Um, but it was. You know, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill produced it, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller were directing it, and and you're like, I need to be on that. Yeah, but it was this. <laughs> it's this huge, huge movie. You know, that's filming in New Orleans, and it was like, why would they? You know, book a, a guy out of L.A. First of all, and second of all, why would they book someone who's under contract with Disney and they had to get it approved? Because there's, you know, if anybody's seen that movie, it's not like a G-rated movie. No. <laughs> so Disney being, you know, having their right to say, yeah. you know, what I can and cannot do from like commercials to, you know, a massive feature film, you know, you have to get it approved by them. And the, the directors also have to be willing to go through that process with Disney and getting it approved. So you're, I was super excited, but also there's this weird like reality kind of sets in a bit and you're like, oh, I'm, this probably isn't going to work out. And I, at that point, I think I was approaching my third pilot with Disney. I was like, you know, it was a it was a an interesting experience going through the whole pilot thing, especially being that age, because you, you know, people think optimistically in those situations, so they're like, oh, when our show goes, and then yeah. it doesn't go. Right. Um, and every actor has probably been in that situation that's worked, you know, and and been fortunate enough to book even a pilot, but. Um, when you're going through that the third time, you're like, okay, you know, if it doesn't go and I don't get to do the movie and then watch, I won't have for 10 years after that. It's like, it's always that, you know, emotional part of your brain that drives you into that direction. But they, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were fantastic and they went through the process to, to do it. And I was able to, Disney let me film it. And I was in New Orleans for a month filming a part that was like 30 seconds on TV. <laughs> and awesome. it was so fun and amazing. And then I got to go back and start the show. That's so it amazing. was it worked out beautifully, but it was definitely nerve wracking for sure. Dude, let me tell you, um, we all feel that way. And like I every time I finish a job, I think I'm never gonna work again. Yeah. You know, I mean it's, it's just the, it's just the way it is. I yeah. I think that this business in general, just because everything's project to project and you know, it's not like we work at this corporate uh place, you know, yeah. this corporate job. So I think a lot of people feel like that and I think you just have to trust your your talent, trust that you're good at what you do. Yeah. And you'll you'll work again. Yeah. It's <laughs> that know? it's that if you're not like spiritual and you're an actor, it must be a really hard way to like navigate because uh, it it's I rely so much on trusting unknown and, and kind of taking like that leap of faith and that's part of the reason why I guess in a weird, like, sick way, I love the business because you just don't know and you're, it kind of keeps things really interesting. But there are, you know, moments where things, you know, are really busy and they're not, but it's always a wave. So if you can ride the wave and kind of let it go up and then come back down to, you know, 
a, a point where you are really busy again or you are doing stuff that yeah. creatively fulfills you, which I think is actually a lot more important than being busy constantly. What, what do you do when you're not busy to keep your, your yourself from going crazy? I, you know, it's really funny. I, I've, the thing looking back since the show ended for me and after I filmed the movie, waiting for it to come out, which has been like a really interesting experience, I've the the thing that fulfills me the most is traveling. Yeah. Um, it's a funny thing, but I, in a lot of ways, feel creatively unfulfilled when I'm not actually filming something. But to have the expectation that you're just going to jump from project to project to project being, you know, a 25 year old guy, you know, off of a Disney show with a movie coming out and waiting for all of that to right. happen is like a little, you know, ridiculous. I'm, you know, I'm not, you're that, grounded. Yeah. I'm not that far <laughs> off the ground to, to think that I should just be doing all of these things. Um, uh, especially kind of with like where the business is right now, which it's ever changing, but it's yeah. in, it's in like a, an interesting period. Um, but for me traveling and I always say like, I try to stay in control of the things that I can control so much in this business. You can't, is so out of my hands. It's disgusting. So I work out a lot. I travel a lot. I, um, that's great. Do normal things, but what's the, what's the coolest place you've traveled to recently? Uh, I just got back from Japan and Japan was, yeah, Japan was really cool. Um, That is awesome. Yeah. It was a, it was a an awesome experience that the culture there is just like I just have so much respect for them as a as a, as a people and as a country yeah. and they're beautiful huh? beautiful and the history there and the food is delicious and they're just so insanely respectful and welcoming and hospitable and um you know it, it's everything is like showing a sign of respect it makes like you know Americans How look long like were barbarians uh, I think it was almost 10 days. Nice. The flight. Yeah. That's great. It was in Tokyo and Kyoto and Osaka. Is that like a 20-hour flight or something? Or? Yeah. It was pretty long. Damn. But I, I had been to Australia um, twice, actually, for Disney promotional stuff. So oh, I wow. was – I'm used to – I don't mind the flight. People – some people – or like I can't be on a flight even to Europe, which is like eight or nine hours. Yeah, but, but I'm sure Disney's flying you first class. Yeah, with Disney. So let's uh, <laughs> let's just that's going to be relaxing. You probably I've, get to lay I've, down. I've, I've flown coach also to like Europe, and yeah, you know, I'm not. I don't fly <laughs> private first class. Everywhere. Well, maybe so when, people, when you're paying. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I get it. Yeah, no, but you know, you can get upgraded too. No, so, but I yeah, it, it was it was a it was an amazing experience. That's awesome, beautiful. man. Yeah, I I think that that is a great way to live life is to travel around and like you got to see the world, be a be a citizen of the world, you know. Yeah, I'm so lucky though to be able to do that because oh, yeah. there's a lot of actors that are probably listening to this or you know, like, they're like screw I, you, yeah, bold man. I can't do that, <laughs> and I realize how how lucky I am to to be able to have the opportunity to still like go to Europe or still go to Japan and Japan was actually the first country that I've been to since I started the show that I could walk around and not be like completely bothered or you know well, attacked that, or that's actually was going to be one of my questions like what's 
what what is it like to go from being this 16 year old kid in texas and then you get on this hit show and suddenly i like me who met you when you're 16 17 years old is seeing you like uh you know paparazzi pictures of you on the internet like what what is that like like how does that affect your life it really doesn't it's funny i feel like it affects like you know your friends or your family are like interested or oh that's so funny or weird or whatever but for me it's never given me like a um, it doesn't do anything for my ego. I wish sometimes you don't it did. Google yourself and to see like, oh, who's posting pictures of me today? No, <laughs> no, I don't. It's it's just not my. I've always been in, interested in the business for for the work and and I and it's a good thing too because when you're not working and you know your show is off or whatever and you know I think a lot of actors have like this desperation to constantly stay relevant and mm-hmm. relevant. In a, in a way where they always have to have something coming out or they always have to have, you know, yeah. pictures out or videos or YouTube or this. It's like a it's like a vomit of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it teaches own no, no judgment. But from my perspective, I've always been really um, va- I always have valued my my privacy and I've always my intent in being in this business is to work on projects that I love that inspire people. And I work with people that are just as passionate about film and about, um, a story as I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of that's kind of like a byproduct of it. Um, the Disney stuff was, was nuts is nuts still. Um, because the brand is, is so huge and the, the audience is, is there's a wide age range and it just you get a lot of exposure from that yeah um and so it was really neat from that perspective to be able to especially with kids there's something really cool about kids that are excited to meet you and to be able to to like give them um you know a lift or um put a smile on their face because it's being you know a kid it's just Hard. hard yeah especially like between you know once you start hitting 12 13 14 and up it just gets really difficult so whenever i met or whenever i meet kids especially in that in that range i'm always like you know yeah it's, it's fun to be able yeah. to to do that because i not too long ago remember being that age and knew how that felt you know being awkward and yeah and, and then know, some, navigating life some and then, woman i can't remember her name miss Miss Morrow or Morrow pulled you into yeah. the theater and changed your life. Yeah. So um, what? So there are some kids out there or actors in general in the regional market that may want to take the leap from a regional uh, talent pool to L.A. or New York. What is there any like tidbits of information or advice or pitfalls that you might? Yeah, uh, tell them not to do or things to do that could help them. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, there's so much. First of all, I always, I always hope people's intention is is kind of similar to mine in that you're getting into the business not because you want to be a, you know, a YouTube star, or you're famous, or you know, you want the attention or all of that. Especially younger kids, because so much through social media, I think kind of puts this pressure on people to get likes and to get attention. And, you know, that's what's important. And, you know, I get those and it, it, I'm telling you, it doesn't help you book something you want to do. It doesn't make your life easier. It doesn't make any of that. So a first disclaimer would be that. But 
Um, if someone did have the right intention, I have always recommended finding um, locally, I think pretty much all across America, I'm sure that each city there's a way for people to learn how to do acting for TV and film mm-hmm. classes. The thing that I would warn against with that stuff is I would just find a studio or a, a, an instructor, a coach that um, you know for a fact really pushes you and fulfills you and um, moves you forward as an actor. No one goes to acting class to, to do an amazing job and leave and be told you're phenomenal and all that. You go to learn and mess up and um, you know, I still do scenes where I have to work through it and coach sure. and all of that. It never ends. So also having that mentality with it. Um, if you don't have someone that's in like your local city, there's so many places I know in Dallas um, at DTV, one of Antonia's companies, she has kids that do Skype coaching, which I think is fantastic awesome. because, you know, she works with a lot of kids in Denver also. Um, and they do Skype coaching. Do you, know, you do you do any training to this day? Like, do you do anything in Los Angeles? Train with anyone, or are you just been so busy that you're just working? I always train, but I stick with my manager. I stick with her. Yeah, I, she's. I've been to so many people, and um, aside from acting coaches, now if it's like casting directors or anything like that, that's different. Agent showcases. That's different. I don't do those as much now, but. Um, when I work on scripts and auditions, it's always with her. I always think acting is so personal. Yeah. Um, and she knows me um, so well that when you are especially diving into a script that's really like intense or requires a ton of emotional layer, you know, or if, even if it's comedy, if it's a Disney thing, working with people that you click with that know you really well so they know how to to kind of mold you into what you... Where you need to be. Yeah, I've always... That's always been more of my comfort zone, but I know a lot of people that don't like doing that. They like working with six different acting coaches sure. and, and all of that. But well, that's good, y'all. You have uh, you have a strong team, and y'all are a team. So yeah, that's that's great. So the the namesake of of the show is talking like normal people. And yeah, the story behind it is, um, I believe it was. Ang Lee, the director, uh, said to someone on his set while an actor was performing, I wish they would just talk like a normal person. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, so that's why we named the show this. Why, what, how do you talk like a normal person as an actor? Like, how do you keep it grounded? And like, do you have any specific methods that you subscribe to? Or how do you just keep it natural and real and not, become actory quote unquote when i'm actually yeah acting. when you're working you know it's that's like describing it's like describing a process that's so hard to to, to, des- like, to describe I know. yeah because it's more <laughs> of like a feeling um it's more of a feeling but i think that when you are rooted anytime you're acting anytime in life but anytime you're you're acting when you're rooted in a place of honesty or in truth and that's where you're it's going to sound so artistic and actory, but when you're like pulling the character through your, sure. well, your there's being a process. And, you have to have a process, so it, it can be it can be art. Yeah, it's art. It it just you, you you know it 
I think the best performances that I've always seen have it, it's the ones that kind of jump from the screen and just like go straight through your heart or your soul or whatever mm-hmm. you know you want to you want to think about that feeling where it like hits you and when you're doing that I always feel like the actor is obviously speaking but more importantly like emoting honesty yeah in whatever realm whether it's you're happy or sad you're you know whatever emotion you want to pick um and i think that when you're in that place and that's your intention and that's what you're holding and that's what you've you know it's it's definitely a a learned skill and it's something that you have to work like a muscle Mm -hmm. um but once you're able to connect in that way i feel like the audible delivery just kind of flows out when you're in the moment sure you're you're present um but it's you know really i i hope i'm always i always it's like when you're an actor and you like know a take that you did you're like that was it like i felt that one versus doing it you know you do it 10 times and i've been in a situation even in auditions where i'm doing something and or i'm making a tape for something and i'm like it felt good it just didn't i'm still kind of questioning you know, I have yeah. a question mark over it. And then you keep doing it and doing it. Um, and then there's that one take that you're like, that's it. For me, that was it. Yeah. They might think that it was terrible. But from where I'm coming <laughs> from, that's the place um, where I felt the most honest and the most rooted. And, and I felt like it was projected well. Um, that's the thing, too. What's so funny about even going back to when you're like, you're when you're trying to book or trying to work how hard it is to be that one performance that one emotion that one character that the director casting director see to want to go this this is it this is you know that interpretation is my interpretation and working with directors like um in my film cruise um the writer and the director wrote the wrestler and the founder um and he He's insanely, insanely talented guy. His name's Rob Siegel, and he um, is has like a vibe and a style. And each director obviously has a palette that they work off of, and it's like, does this person fit into that palette? Yeah. And you can want something so bad, um, badly as an actor, um, and it just not work. And you can be a phenomenal actor, and you can be the best looking or the you know the fit the part the most appearance wise but if it's not if there's not a connection it's not going to work and i've auditioned and i've tried to force i always say it's like you know putting a a circle block through a square hole you're trying to like jam in something a project that you're like no but i'm right for this i want this this is this is what i want to do and then it's like but it's never it was never meant to be to begin with and right. that kind of circles back to relying on faith and trust and taking that jump and being like you know i have to do you know an actor's job is to put forth in the most honest and open way their interpretation of the character the casting director the writer the producer get the opportunity to view it and if it works, it will be, and it flows beautifully. And if it doesn't, you you know won't even get a call back. I've done tapes where I'm like, that was the best tape I have ever made in my entire life. And you know, obviously, I'm you know, speaking <laughs> about myself, so it sounds really facetious. But I I know at this point in my career what is good work and what is not. Yeah. And when you're putting something like that out there and 
then you hear nothing and you're like, what the hell? What, how is that even possible? How, right. how do you do something like that and not get any type of, you know, especially in tapes where like, you're like, okay, I made a bold choice, but the bold choice made sense. And it, you know, the, it, it fit in the realm of the character and the emotion was there and the, this was there and all, and you were prepared and all you do everything textbook wise that you teach in workshops that your coach tells you that you check all those boxes, but there's still that magic floating <laughs> connection stuff that exists in our business that if that does not land with the person that's writing it um, or directing it or producing it, then it just isn't going to work. And yeah. as actors who are super emotional anyway and get so invested in a role and a script and a character and a project and the idea of, oh, if I just do this, then then all of this will happen and then I'll get this. And it's it's like a, a it's like that dream you're always chasing. You know what I yeah. mean? And it, it's like pounding the circle block into the square hole. That is a best answer to that question ever i forget i forget even the question or what the question was. how do you talk like a normal person oh yeah uh, so yeah just yeah. just work on it and be, uh, just keep it honest and real i think yeah. i think what happens to a lot of uh young actors or new actors that are just starting out is they have that raw emotion and that connection but they don't have the technical bearings in place yeah, like they get in there they get like uh disoriented with like the the stuff that has to happen yeah and it gets jumbled and then that's when like the nerves come through yeah i hate that that's the worst and that's where at the beginning that's where i said our job as an actor is to make uncomfortable situations comfortable or it's like when you're auditioning for something you sit in a room with a bunch of my case guys that look kind of like me and you go in to a casting director with a, a camera set up and lights are on yeah. you and you sit and you're it's nothing like working on set no <laughs> I, I remember auditioning for fault in our stars um and it was just the most uncomfortable situation you know it's like and and in the scene i you oh, know I, I didn't even see the movie but in the scene it was uncomfortable i was in the car and i had like a tube gaping out of my body and it was like i, I needed to go to the hospital and i was crying and this the girl it was like this whole thing you have to create this environment yeah in a sterile and the lady it was like 40 feet away like it was like one of those situations where you're like you know you're going into it and the camera's you know 40 feet away from you and she's you know like it was like a casting assistant wasn't even like it's like they don't seem invested and and my job is to sit down and to and to literally do the scene and 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 use that emotion but the worst thing is is was what you were saying i i when i'm in dallas i'll come to like scene studies that you know um antonia does or whatever and i'm able to like watch or you know sometimes do scenes if i if i have time to it with other people that are still learning and it's so fun for me because i always learn so much but and i'm sure you experience this constantly but i see people that have so much natural raw talent that are so good and yeah. can do stuff in the safety of a bubble of a, of a workshop or an acting class that they're really used to surrounded by people they know that that, that support them mm-hmm. and I have seen them just in situations where it, there's some pressure just completely blow it blow it and yeah. it's the war it's the most devastating thing because it is so beautiful when you see someone just kill it 
And then when they have to put in the components of like the technical components of like actually working or acting in front of a camera versus just acting in a room or uh, the pressure of like a board of people sitting there watching you or, you know, all of that. It's and, and they can't they can't do it. It's like it's the situation where it's like you come in with potential and you leave with potential. And that's <laughs> always been terrifying to me because I don't. I'm too aggressive and stubborn to leave with just potential. I've always wanted to rise to the occasion. And that's another piece of advice I would give anybody is, is find a way to, to have that power within yourself to go, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to control the space that I have. And again, like I said, actors are not in control of a lot, but when they go into an audition, in my opinion, that is their time. That's my opinion too. I think you taught me that. But you go in and it's sure. like, that is your space. If you want to sit, you say, I would like to sit. Is that okay? If you, you know, what's my frame? What's going, you know, if you have a yeah. question, ask a question, but don't ask a question just because they asked you, do you have a question? You know, it's like, yeah. go into it and make it your command that attention. And that goes into that different echelon of when you actually start working. That to me is what separates people that are working actors to like, to like a star, you know, it's, there's a difference. And you, you know, I always saw that with, with guest cast too, where, you know, they come on and some guest cast are, you know, they just want to go in and work and they're happy with the work and that's it. And then you see other people that have that spark in them that they're like, Oh, they want it a little more, or they're making more of it, or they're coming from a place where they're really like honing in on their craft and you know, whatnot. There's just, it's just like, what actor do you want to be? And in this day and age, too, with so many avenues of like YouTube Red series and the Verizon series and Netflix and all the network shows and, you know, all of these, you know, Snapchat story shows and all of that. There's so many ways to work and there's so many ways that you can go and just be a working actor. And I never wanted to be a working actor. I wanted to be the actor. Nice. Or want to be That's a, the I, actor. That's and awesome. So, Dude, this has been a really good conversation. I think you have a really strong point of view about yourself and about the business and about acting. And you're so young and you've gotten to do all these amazing things already. And I just I I really think that there's a lot in store for you. And I hope. That is true. Thank you. Um, I am so excited to see your movie. Thank I haven't you. gotten to see it yet. I know it's it's coming oh, out in September, God. right? Yeah, September 28th as of now. September change, 28th. But, yeah. And it's called Cruise. It's called Cruise, yep. And you play Gino Fortunato? Uh, Gio. Gio. Yeah, Gio Fortunato. Fortunato. Yeah. It's, I'm so unbelievably proud of the movie. And more importantly, I have so much gratitude to even have been a part of it. Um, it... I, it's about a guy played by myself who in the summer of 1987 in Queens, New York. Um, uh, and it's a love story about this guy that's uh, the resident badass um, of his tiny little neighborhood. And he is dreaming of something different or something more, not necessarily something better. And he meets this girl over a summer and she injects some contrast in his life. And it's about that time in, in a young person's life where they're complacent in in a certain setting and they kind of want to break free from that and it's just like a fun sexy cool movie and Rob Siegel wrote and directed it and he's insanely talented and you know it I am 
immensely grateful for the opportunity because he literally found me on YouTube or something from an interview that I did from a Disney promotion really? thing. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, it was a circle and a circle whole, it just like fit. That's and amazing. And it, it flowed and it was super easy and Emily Ratajkowski's in it and um, we and filmed you were, it. And you were ready. You were ready for it. I was so ready. I remember yeah. going to the meeting and I was talking to my manager on my way there and I had just gotten off of work from my show and I was just like, I'm... You know, and I'm sure, you know, I've said this also a thousand times and not gotten the part too, but I was like, I'm going to just attack him. I, I'm going to get it. <laughs> and it just it was, in hindsight, it's funny because his wife told me, she's like, after that meeting, he was like, that sealed it for him. And to get financing with someone like me, it, it is nearly impossible. And so that's how you're like, you go back to spiritual stuff and you're like, it, it was meant to be, no matter what comes from it which i hope a lot does not only for myself but him specifically as a director it, it was a situation where it just hap- it just worked out beautifully it was beautiful and it is insane because a lot of the time anybody that knows independent film which is a whole different beast in and of itself sure it is a dragging it over the, the film over the finish line and it is kicking and screaming the entire way there's it is a hurdle after a hurdle after a hurdle and so anytime anybody sees a, an independent film specifically that is in a theater or being able to be viewed is a literal miracle with the amount of people and time and problem that arise when you are when you're making it. But it's all it's a weird, sick, twisted mindset of like, I love it, but it's so when this movie comes stressful. out, people that are listening, September 28th. Go see it. Please. Download it if it's on demand. It is. Let's make it a hit. Thank you. All right? Because we need we need our boy here to keep working. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really can't wait to see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a ticket. Thank what's you. last question? What's something that you want producers, casting people, directors, people in the business to know about you that they probably don't know? Well, that's a good question. Um, that you want them to know. <laughs> that I want them to know about me as a person or me hey, as an actor? It could be either. Um, I've always operated from the mindset of, like I said, being in this business to work with people that are passionate and invested about film and about story. And if... If people didn't know anything about me, I, what I hope that they either taking away from this or any type of work that I've done, I, I would never want to sacrifice working for the sake of working, you know, over working on something that I was passionate about and waiting for those opportunities to come where I got to work with people that just it, it like clicked. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, I, you know, aside from that, what I love so much about acting is I think that to be a good actor, there you have to have, you have to retain a level of anonymity where people don't know a lot about you or it's not totally transparent. So well, now with, they know everything. Yeah, I know. After this, all 10 people that listen to yeah. this podcast. <laughs> no, there's more than that. Um, no, but I, I, so I always hesitate in being like super direct with, 
um, wanting people to know. I, I would rather people speculate about whatever about me as a, as an actor, as a person, just because I think that when you're, I think I just think that that's important. The actors that I look up to, it's like you you don't you know don't know anything about them. You don't know anything about them. Yeah. But I would hope people, if people didn't know where my intention lied, I hope people realize that that's that's where it was. It just is always rooted in that honest passionate space and wanting to work with people that are equally as honest and passionate sweet that is an awesome answer thank you and you are an awesome person um, let's do a little little bit of thank yous thank you to producer uh, and engineer Jason Edwards even though I'm on the road recording this myself um, Spencer is uh, on Instagram at Spencer Boldman and Twitter at Spencer Boldman the show is at Talk Like Normal on Twitter at Talking Like Normal People on Instagram I'm at Glorioso Casting Jason's at Jason Edwards TV Robert's at Full Grown Mouse and Justin TC underscore underscore is the future on Instagram all right, dude. Thanks. Thank you, man. It's a good episode. I can't wait uh, for the world to hear it. Appreciate Bye. it. Later. Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com.